0: Well, I still like to be a sister. Um, I think after, I hope after tonight's message, you would, um, you'll be even more happy that you are one. Um, Let me say something again about this little, uh, these lessons and your pursuit of these things. Um, I want to um, reiterate that just to come here is good and necessary, even to pay attention and to take some notes and so on. That is uh, absolutely necessary. But I would only give that... uh, Assign about maybe 40% um, um, in your entire uh, exercise and learning. The other 60% is after this meeting. <clears throat> so that in this, not only even next week, not even just next month, but I would like to say next year. Tonight, I'd like to challenge you all to give this year, 2018, to the Lord, sisters um, to pursue these things, along with your church life, your regular church life, so many things you're doing, <clears throat> but <clears throat> really commit yourself uh, and tell the Lord this. Lord, I'm, I'm going to give you this year to enter into these things, um, not just to see them or know them, but, Lord, help me to experience them and to uh, apply them and to practice them. And specifically, I uh to encourage you, number one, that on your own you will get into these things. For example, tonight, because of time constraint, we cannot do the scripture reading, okay? And there's a lot of scriptures here. I guarantee you, if you just listen to me say something, and you don't go back and get into these scriptures, you'll be missing a lot. So <clears throat> with whatever time that is in your hand, <clears throat> please redeem, redeem it, the time, and... Uh, Uh, Get into these, even these verses. I would even say study them a little bit. Um, Then secondly, uh, I strongly, strongly recommend that you will have some companions. A few of you, two or three, three or four, four or five. It depends on your situation. Some of your sisters work. Uh, So you may have a sister nearby at, at where you work. You can get together for lunch a week. Some of you don't have that kind of uh, ability to meet in person. Uh, I very much suggest using technology to meet. Uh, it actually works quite well. Uh, you know, um, these kind of two or three parties, uh, you can have a good time together. And others in the same neighborhood, or you in the same service, same small group. You can just uh, make a point to hook up with a few sisters uh, for the sake of uh, uh, entering into these things. Now, hopefully, by yourself, you have already entered into this. And then when you come together, you simply overflow with each other. And trust me, you will see even more light. And you will be even more mutually encouraged and shepherded. And if you do this, I will tell you, you will be on your way um, to, um, uh, to experience these things and even to walk in these things. <clears throat> I have the full uh, faith uh, that, look, tonight I was told by the brothers that they, they were absolutely surprised by so many sisters that came. They said, where did they go? Where did they where are they usually, you know <laughs> uh, were they hiding or were they um, uh, they just all appear? well, uh, this it's a wonderful thing uh that this happened, but con- consider if just the sisters in this room, right, not forget about other places in Canada, um, would to varying degrees. Uh, uh, enter into the reality of these things being um, uh, quite quite arrested by this burden, and uh, begin to really look to the Lord, just like even some of the testimonies uh, in the first meeting uh, to 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 be this kind of a sister. <clears throat> I tell you uh, a revival is ahead of us. Um, I cannot say the same for brothers, uh, but for sisters, I can. And uh, in a way, it's easier for brothers and harder for sisters. Uh, In another way, it's easier for sisters than brothers. It depends. So come together in twos and threes and by the way I need a several meetings to talk to you about the twos and threes in the bible i did a thorough study of the whole scriptures on this number i'm thoroughly convinced twos and threes is a divine number it's not something that it just there in the in the word it is a divine number Uh, listen, even our God is twos and threes. No? Our God is triune. It's not four God, or five, or six in the Godhead. It's three. It's three. Not only there's three in the Godhead economically, but these three often work in pairs. Do you know that? The Father and the Son has a particular relationship, operational relationship. Just read the Gospels. The Son and the Spirit, of course, are very close. And the Father and the Spirit also have a particular kind of operational relationship there. So even the Godhead, the triune Godhead, is three Working in twos and threes. Um, yeah, this this is this is really true. And then I, I better not get into it because I'll get sidetracked. Uh, to me, it's a wonderful number of twos and threes. So we all sisters uh, need companions. We all need, no one can go on alone. It's not sustainable. Um, And also, being with twos and threes help you out of your individualism, your individualistic tendency. I know some sisters, they just want to hide. They want to go it alone. They don't want to be coordinated or be with others Um, they're strong in their disposition. Well, even such sisters, after a while, will find out they cannot do it for that long. And so uh, sisters are always in groups. We just saw that it's a group of women that minister to the Lord. If it's just one, she'll be burdened to death. But it's a group of sisters working together to serve and, and, and what, a, what a beautiful scene that was. Uh, that Here's a group of sisters. Okay, look at this group of sisters right here. Um, they're not gossiping. They're not fighting. They're not mm, arguing. Um, you know what? They love one another and they serve together. In harmoniously, harmoniously, I tell you, when I see a group of sisters like that, I just say, "Praise the Lord, everything is fine, everything is okay." Right? Rather than seeing sisters that are icy with each other, you know what I mean? They have, they avert the eyes eye contact because there's some problems. Um, the one come in this door, you always go out that door. Uh, or in some cases, you can stand that sister. You don't know why, but you just can't stand her. Um, or apparently, uh, they, they did something that it just, just rubs you the wrong way. Listen, we're in this community called the church life that is very, very close. And these things are bound to happen, all right? bound to happen. Actually, most of the time, no one had any intention to do something, but you become suspicious. You know sisters, right? You get suspicious. And that suspicion leads to tons of imagination. So you're sleeping in your bed. That sister, I know, she never liked me. From day one, she came. She just picked on me. She never liked me. I knew that. You see? That's why yesterday she gave me that look. (laughs) I know how these things happen. And after a while, what's not real becomes real to you. Because you are so much in your mind and emotions about this. And this is how the enemy works. To what? To cause divisions, to cause disharmony among even our sisters. And when the sisters are like this in the church, that church cannot go on. Cannot go on. Actually, that that sister was not looking at you like this. He was looking in space. (laughs) Your, Your imaginative mind says, she's looking at me like that. To, you know, Looks can kill. She's trying to kill me, you know. And there's no such thing. You're just in your imagination. You have a fantastic imagination. But little things like this, you let it build, you don't let it go, becomes huge problems. But in a place or in a church where sisters are just. Not just lovely in themselves, but they can blend, they can be together. they really care for one another. Um, look the serving sisters it 's a bunch of them, okay at the cross, at the cross, at the foot of the cross there 's a bunch of sisters, a bunch of sisters watching the Lord die in resurrection is a bunch of sisters. In Acts, in acts, it's a bunch of sisters that were praying before Pentecost. Um, and in Romans chapter 16, is a bunch of sisters in the church in Rome. Wherever you find sisters that can companionize I, I'm making up a word that can be with one another as the daughters of Jerusalem to run after their beloved together i'll tell you they are blessed and the church is blessed where they are so i would really recommend 2018 come out of your little shell come out of your ind- independent existence join with a few sisters now you don't need to pray and fast and 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 wait for the lord you know to point a finger on that's the sister, you know. You don't need to do that. The Lord already places us in our circumstances, where we live, what we do. And right there, there are just some sisters around you. And uh, I tell you, some of these uh, relationships in a holy way and in a sanctified way, not in a natural way, can become something that lasts for your whole life. I really mean that. And all of us need that. Some companions that knows us, that we can freely fellowship, that can we can really stand with each other. So I'm 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 using too much time on the matter. But please don't let this today's lessons end at nine o'clock, and then you go home and toss this outline over there, and that's it. Uh, let tonight be just a beginning all right, um, don't depend on me, depend on yourself and your companions to get into these things. I also like to say a word at this time, if the brothers would listen to this tape or this recording, that the leading brothers and responsible brothers and district brothers consider this, how to help the sisters and uh, to, to, to have this experience. Um Help them uh, in in whatever way whatever way you you can, all right, you are two too important sisters um, the 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 future of the the church, even the present going on of the church rides writes um, with you okay now. Tonight it's actually a continuation of this afternoon, so let's get into this. And these verses that you get into yourself, they're all embedded in the outline, so I'm going to make reference, uh, references to them. The importance of the sisters this time in, oh, I forgot one thing. Uh, I forgot one thing, very important. You say, after tonight, what are you going to talk about? The sisters. And I will tell you that uh, as the Lord leads, I will be speaking um, according to a syllabus. It's right here. Well, you cannot see it, but it's right here. Of 48 lessons. Tonight is only two. 48 lessons, every two. Why two? Because each two form a module you know, like like in school, a module. And I'd like to give you some subject of these modules, not the actual lessons, just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea. The next module tonight is an introduction. That's what it is tonight. But module number two is the female life in God's economy the female life in God's economy. This is a very, very incredibly rich uh, two lessons. Module three, woman, woman in God's creation and administration. Module four, woman portraying Christ's counterpart. All this is to speak to the role of the sisters. Module five, The person of the sisters. What is a proper sister's person like? It talks about older sisters, younger sisters. See, this is a kind of training to train you how to be. Module six, the virtues and adornment of sisters. Module seven, the living of the sisters. One, this is module seven is one called Human Life and Family Life. Module 8, The Living of the Sisters in Marriage. marriage. Module 9, The Living of Sisters in Motherhood. Motherhood, very important, is Albert's testimony. Module 10, The Standing and Function of the Sisters in the Church Life. So you said, well, didn't you cover that already? That was just an intro. That was just an introduction. There will be much more. Then we have uh, uh, four modules all on the service of the sisters. The service of the sisters in the church. Then we would have from module 15 all the way to the end, all those modules on what? On patterns and examples of women in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in detail. We're gonna study this whole matter of sisters from A to Z, right? So I hope you will um, not only be here tonight, uh, not only get into these things, but when these videos come, the brothers would find a way for the sisters to watch uh, that is given elsewhere, so we can follow this line, uh, these lessons, okay? now uh, let's come back to tonight <clears throat> don't worry we'll have you out of here by nine o'clock <clears throat> number one in God's administration of his economy a very important position is to assign is assigned to women now we're not just talking about church life now we're talking about God's administration in his economy. Now this is something larger. This is something greater. This is something um, of eternal significance. Yet a very important position is assigned to women. After man was created, what happened to man was very much related to the woman. Yes, woman did come out of the man, you know, the rib, right, from from the uh, um, sleeping Adam that God created, with which God created a female, a woman. <clears throat> um, but that woman becomes so so important in God's economy in God's will in God's plan of redemption and salvation you have to you have to really put on different set of eyeglasses to look at genesis one the subtle serpent the enemy of god came in through the woman Okay, sisters, I'm not (laughs) going to... I'm going to tell you the truth. (laughs) The fall came through a woman. Now, we're going to talk about that in some subsequent lessons, which has a lot to learn, a lot to learn from Eve. Her failure, and how he brought the entire mankind into a fallen state, there's a great lesson for sisters to learn, but that's not for tonight. Anyway, Satan came into mankind through the door of the woman. That shows also how important the woman is. Yes, that shows how weak and how vulnerable, uh, how susceptible a woman is to the devil's temptation. That's true. But it also, the flip side of the coin, how crucial the woman is for the same reason. So, now two, therefore, God chose to defeat the enemy also through the woman, through the same channel by which he came. That's the seed of the woman that was prophesied who will crush Satan's head. So, the same channel through which the enemy came in is the very channel that God will use to defeat the enemy. The woman. The woman. This is a this is a great thing. Thus the fall occurred through the woman and the deliverance was promised also through the woman. This shows us the importance of sister's position in the Bible. The sister is the door, the gate for the enemy to come in and also for, praise the Lord, for God to come in. You, you, you are pivotal you are strategic in God's plan. Very, very important. The sister's position is like, a, like that door. Who gets to come in? It depends on the sisters. By this we can see whether, God, whether or not God can have his way today in his purpose depends very much upon what the sisters will do or how the sisters are. You, you determine whether God can have his way in his purpose or not. Now, uh, sisters, I would just like to say this is a heavy word. You may say, oh my, this is crushing me. I cannot take this. I cannot handle this. Well, None of us can, uh, except for the grace of God. But, But it is important for you to see this fact in the Word of God. If the woman or the sisters will function properly, God will have a success. God would be successful if the sisters function properly. Otherwise, there will surely be a failure or a loss. You know, God would incur a loss because the sisters are not functioning properly or are un- unwilling to function properly. My, my. Um, this is really quite a revelation. Quite a revelation. You should pray, Lord, even now, Lord, for your economy's sake, cause me to function properly. It's a, I believe the Lord will hear that prayer. Really, I believe that's a worthwhile prayer. Two. The mention now, I come to something called the Six Marys. Many of you know we have a booklet, a very renowned booklet in our midst called The Six Marys, given in the middle of the 1970s, during which time Brother Lee gave a bunch of several messages, classic messages, uh, to the sisters. And one of them, one of the messages is called The Six Marys. You can get them, I think, somewhere in the book room. Okay? The mention of six Marys in the New Testament is very meaningful. This simply means that to fulfill God's purpose and accomplish his economy, there's a great need for the sisters, in a sense, or for the sisters, in a sense, the sisters are more important for the accomplishment of God's economy than the brother's. A, do you realize that there are at least six Marys mentioned in the New Testament? You know, this last year, I suddenly had this inspiration and wrote a whole bunch of of songs. And, you know, when the inspiration is with you, you couldn't write it down quickly enough. But when the inspiration is dry, you can do all you want, nothing happens. And I'm kind of a little bit in that dry spell right now. Um, But even as I'm reading this, I think someone should write a song with six stanzas, each on one Mary. (laughs) And next time we can sing that. You know, the, the salient features of each of these sisters, each of these Marys. I think that would be... A very, very uh, worthwhile uh, thing to do. Okay. At least six. Actually, there may be more than six, but at least six. Okay, let's just go through them. Number one, again, we cover that. The first Mary is the mother of the Lord Jesus. The story of the life of the Lord Jesus begins with this woman. Now, I think the last time when I was up here, I had a sister's meeting, or two. I don't remember. that was with translation, and I spoke about Mary. I think I spoke about Mary, this first Mary, quite much about what eight points, features of this sister or I forgot. see that that proves. Giving messages like listening mes- messages can kind of vaporize, okay, even I forgot what I share. <laughs> I need to get back that tape I think you have up here, then I can recall all those precious uh, characteristics of this dear sister, who is the mother of the Lord, um, but okay, the point is here is this is the first Mary. Uh, How many of you were there last time when I were here, when I shared that? You don't even remember there was such a meeting. (laughs) Not that many. You see, I think even it's good to make that MP3 available to the sisters. I mean that. That was quite a good sharing, if I may say so. Um, All the points you see about that sister. What made Mary, Mary? why the Lord God could choose that woman to be the Lord's mother in the flesh. There's a reason. It's not just kind of... There's a reason. This sister, this woman, was prepared and ready to be the Lord's mother. Okay. Number two. The second Mary is the sister of Lazarus. We all know that. Um, Along with Martha, right? The three brothers... Brother and sisters, she loved the Lord Jesus, and followed him, ministering to him john twelve two and three i don't even have that uh, let me let me let me just take a quick look uh, at the at the uh, word in the word um, yeah and so Uh, Mary uh, was the one, this Mary, this Mary, um, the sister of Lazarus, was the one who also took a pound of ointment, uh, the valuable, um, pure ointment, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped the the Lord's feet with her hair. And so the whole house was filled with fragrance of the ointment. Of course, of course, this depicts uh, one who who loves the Lord supremely, immensely. And who would do this if you don't? Uh, uh, You know, (laughs) the Lord was a man, and in those days they walked with sandals and uh, the feet is not a particularly clean part of the lord's body and yet this woman would use would use her hair the glory of a woman to wipe the feet of jesus with valuable ointment uh, filling the house with fragrance sisters this who would who would who would do that who would do that? I mean, that is a obvious outpouring of love from Mary towards the Lord. And she did it for the Lord's burial as we covered. Needless to say, sisters, to be a sister, to be a present-day Mary, one of the most important things is that you would love the Lord to the uttermost. Um, Some of the most powerful stories in church history related to Christians have to do with love, no doubt. Um, But many of them actually have to do with sisters, loving the Lord. Um, The sisters' love for the Lord produce something, uh, has a certain effect. It fills the house. And see, if in the church we have sisters who just love the Lord with all their heart, with all their their soul, with all their mind, and even with all their strength, I tell you, I tell you, that church is just, It's okay. That church would be imbued with love. Um, That church will never be cold. That church will be hot and warm. No one can love like females can love. They love in a particular way. I never seen a brother well the brothers don't have much hair anyway but I never seen any story about a, a man breaking up an alabaster box or, you know doing this kind of thing um, sisters love the lord love the lord with love the lord in the in the way that only you can do it um, fill the church house with that fragrance. You don't need to say much. This Mary didn't utter a word. She just did something. And the house was filled with that aroma. You know, in every church, when I go to a church, I don't go there just to watch more than more frequently when i go to the church the first thing is i smell now i don't mean physically smell you understand to spiritually smell even before i see anything the smell would come to me first then the sight then the sight in every church there is a condition and that condition gives off a certain kind of odor if the people in that church don't love the Lord, there won't be a certain kind of smell there. Everything may be just you know, cracking and moving and doing conducted in a proper way, but you don't feel love. You don't feel temperature. You don't feel the warmth. And I tell you when some when a condition is devoid of heat, devoid of this love, Nothing moves very quickly. Love melts. Love breaks down. Love does all kinds of things that nothing else can do. You've lost your first love, Ephesus. So, sisters, just love the Lord and follow him and minister to him. I better go on. Number three, the third Mary. Now we come to this other Mary, the Magdalene, from whom seven demons were cast out. While the Lord Jesus was dying on the cross, she, with a few sisters, were standing there with him. So, you got the mother of the Lord, Mary, was there. You got this Mary Magdalene was there at the cross. And there were some others. They were standing there with him. Then on the mor- so he was there at the cross, at the Lord's death. Then on the morning of the resurrection, she was the one who first went to the tomb to find the dead Jesus. That's what she was expecting. She was even not looking for a live one. She is almost telling herself a dead one is good enough for me. I cannot bear the thought of not seeing, laying my eyes on him one more time. I cannot bear the thought of not seeing him again. So even give me a dead one, a dead Christ, I'll take it. It's almost that kind of a sensation you have here. So the first thing she went, she ran there, she went to the tomb to look for the Lord, and the rest is history. I, 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 we talk about the story, right, in the afternoon meeting. He, she got rewarded with seeing the living Christ and not a dead Jesus. The first human being to see Christ in resurrection was this woman. And that was not an accident. The Lord would reveal only to such a lover of his, only to such a one who loves him to this degree. Four, there's a fourth Mary, the wife of Clopas. Clopas, I think in our uh, uh, recovery version is a different word, the Herod's steward. With the other sisters, saw the death of Christ. This is the other, another Mary, uh, who, along with other sisters, also witnessed the death of Christ. We're going to explain these things in a moment. The fifth Mary was the mother of John, one John Mark. After Peter was released from prison, he went to Mary's home. He didn't go to no brother's home. He went to a sister's home, where many saints will gather together praying. My a home of a sister of this sister is a house of is a home of prayer. Is a place of prayer. Number six, the sixth Mary in Romans sixteen six, here Paul says to greet The Mary who labored much for the church, she was laboring over so many in the church life. Just a short description to this woman. There's this unknown Mary. It just say, she labored much in the Lord. That deserved an acknowledgement from the apostle. She just labored much in the Lord. So, The sixth Mary is a laboring one. Now, let's very quickly take a look at what all these means. B, one Mary gave birth to the Lord Jesus. The first position of the sisters is related to the birth of the Lord. The purpose of the Lord's birth is to bring the Lord into human race. You don't know how great this statement is, how absolutely... Um, huge this statement is. The purpose of the Lord's birth is not so that you and I can celebrate Christmas, right? The purpose of the Lord's birth is to bring the Lord into human race, to mankind, and that is huge. That is absolutely huge. All of God's heart is, 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 is there, All the sisters must realize that their position in the church is to bring forth Christ to people. Whatever you do must bring forth Christ. I think a sister testified about this. Now, this matter, of bringing forth Christ, is a big subject and there's no time to really get into all the details here. But I think even just that word, that phrase, to bring forth Christ to people. Now, Sisters, if you would just live, henceforth, with this kind of a view, with this kind of purpose, you, you, you tell yourself, this is what gives meaning to my Christian life. This is what gives meaning to me as a sister in the church. To do what? To bring forth Christ. There's a sister, the first sister who testified it. I, I, I like her, her, her testimony, she was so proud that she's a sister. She says, Now we can cook and now we can drive. I don't know where that sister is. Oh, there she is. I appreciate that. So don't, don't, don't. I'm not criticizing you. Uh, it's great. I mean. But I like to tell this sister and all of us cooking and driving is not the first thing. Okay? The first thing is, as a sister, you bring forth Christ. Amen. You bring forth Christ from your being, from your spirit, from your heart, from your experiences. You impart, an old English word, you impart Christ to those you meet. You, you minister You serve others with Christ. So talk about cooking. You cook Christ, not just broccoli, beef, or whatever. You cook Christ, and wherever you are, you serve that Christ to others. Sinners or saints or seekers. You minister something of Christ to people. A sister would come to you and ask for advice, ask for this in fellowship, you may give this sister some, some help, some, some, some advice, and so on. But the primary thing is, did you minister Christ to this sister? Did you bring the Lord to this sister? Did you nourish this sister with something of Christ? That is the important thing. And dear sisters... It's time for the churches to re- for the sisters to really experience this. This is not something too deep. This is something that we all have to learn to do. And so, of course, in order to give birth to Jesus, you have to conceive. Am I right? You have to be pregnant first. This means, sisters, You need to be impregnated, if you will, with the Lord by the spirit. You know, the spirit came to this uh, Mary and even got into her womb somehow. And there arose a certain kind of mingling between the divine spirit and this unmarried human woman. And that mingling became this holy thing. And this holy thing is Jesus the Savior. this holy thing is Christ the Messiah. this holy thing is the very God man and this holy thing is what the world needs, what everyone needs according to God's ordination. and so being conceived with this uh, this Christ and uh, uh, rather being impregnated with this Christ and um, going through a period of gestation uh, so that this Christ would grow, as it were, in your womb. Actually, this applies to brothers, too, spiritually. And then, at a certain point, this Christ is ready to be birthed, to be... to, to to come out so my point is this is not a miracle all right childbirth is not a miracle yes we say it is a miracle on the other hand it is not a miracle it is according to law of the of biology of uh, the way god created uh, the human beings that has to go through a certain process so sisters in order to bring forth christ in order to break Give birth to Christ for other, to minister to others. You need to have Christ in you. You need Christ to grow within you. You need Christ to fill you, fill your womb. You need to feed this Christ so he can grow in you, right? So that's why we need to contact the Lord. That's why we call on the Lord's name. That's why we pray. That's why we um, um, uh, experience so many things in our daily life. All of these things is so that we can have a Christ to share. And, and there's just a lot of these things about bringing forth Christ. Uh, I have no time. Um, but you should have this idea, very clear idea, that this is what Mary did, and this is what I should do. This applies to brothers too, really, but sisters, especially you. You have to pray that the Spirit, look, look at this, you have to pray that the Spirit will come upon you, and that the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that you can bring forth Christ. That was uh, Mary's uh, very famous prayer. Very poetic prayer. And our brother is asking us, you need to pray. Lord, come a, come to me as the Spirit. Impregnate me, right? Put, your, put yourself within me, or grow in me. Uh, spread in me. And that the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You know, uh, this matter of overshadowing is, I think, used by Paul, maybe, in Second Corinthians. Uh, it says, the power will overshadow you in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. So, dear sisters, we need the overshadowing grace daily in our daily life. The more there is that overshadowing of grace in your life, in so many departments and and areas of your life, I tell you, you have much Christ to bring forth. Some people, the Christians, there's there's nothing overshadowing them. (laughs) They have a very dry sky, not a raindrop. But there's some other Christians, there's a perpetual mist. There's a perpetual rain. There's a perpetual dew of the grace of life upon them. Daily. Daily. Wherever they are, that that rainy cloud seems to follow. There's just grace with them. There's just grace with them. And I'll tell you, this person will bring forth Christ. They will give grace to others. Three, if you're serving in a service group, you must bring forth Christ. If you visit the saints or fellowship with the sisters, you must bring forth Christ to them. In other words, whatever we do, the first and foremost thing is to bring Christ to others. So we may cook, but the cooking is not the end. It is your ministering of Christ. You can drive, but it is the ministering of Christ that is important. Okay, then we come to the next one. According to the Gospels, the Marys were the ones who loved the Lord and followed him. They ministered to the Lord out of their possessions. This is the sister's position. Your position is first to bring forth Christ to people And then, to love the Lord Jesus, we have to realize that the sisters represent the loving ones. You need to love the Lord Jesus to follow him and to minister to him. Countless lives, countless sisters in the history of the church did exactly this. Um. And I had spoke about this already. You know, the automatic result of loving the Lord is to follow Him. All right? When one is attracted and constrained, attracted by the Lord and constrained by His love, there's just no option left except to follow him. And not just to follow him, even to pour out our possessions, even our physical possessions, we would give to the Lord. Not only, sisters, you hold the key to your house, but you, I think you hold the key to the safe or the bank account. So... Not up to the brothers, often how, what to, whether to give or how much to give is often the sisters who make that decision. Sisters, therefore, if you take the lead in your family, in your marriage, to love the Lord and follow him, and minister your possessions to him, I'll tell you, the husband will follow. The saints will follow. You know, the brothers are very calculating. They love the Lord, but they calculate. Let me count how much is in my bank and interest rate and I need to pay tax. Then they come to a number. This is what I will give to the Lord. Sisters, they just broke the box. A million dollars, they just broke it. Just... Dump it all on the Lord. Now, I'm not here to advocate craziness or being irrational and all of this, but I'm just saying this. I'm just saying this, sisters. Actually, it is right for sisters in the church to take the lead to love and follow the Lord. Not the brothers. It is right. And in a marriage, the same. The sisters, you should not take the lead like you're the head. That you shouldn't do. Your husband is your head. But it is right for you to take the lead in loving the Lord in your family. When the husband follows the Lord, the whole family may not. But when the woman follows the Lord, the likelihood of the whole family is much greater. That's just history. That is just a fact. D. Among so many Marys, some stood by the cross watching and observing the Lord Jesus when he was being crucified. They saw the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. All the sisters have to see such a portrait of the crucified Lord Jesus. In other words, the sisters have to take a position that experiences the death of Christ. Sisters, you have to be where the cross is. You have to be, to be a proper sister. You dwell by the cross. The cross actually becomes your home. Brother Lee actually say we have to learn to kiss the cross. Kiss the cross. And those are situations, persons, matters that the Lord sovereignly placed all things in our lives. Not to make us suffer, not to just deal with us, but as the necessary things for our transformation. The cr- cross is not just a place of suffering it's a place of death so sisters let the death of jesus work in you let us know the lord's resurrection but let us be conformed to his death learn to die The most useful people are those who died in the Lord. The more active you are naturally, the more you stand for yourself, the more you claim your rights, the more you win the argument, that means you refuse to die. And life come, and can only come out of death. Divine life only come out of death. Resurrection only comes out of crucifixion. If no death, no life, the hymn says. So take that position to experience the death of Christ I have a sister who have a hard time with her husband and she just refused to die. You know. Well, she could do that. You know. We, we all know how stubborn we all can be, so that even God couldn't do a thing, apparently. But you know what? The more she insists to be like that, no life will come out of her. She, would, won't, she won't have anything to minister to others. Because there's no wounds, there's no wounds, there's no breaking, there's no crack, there's no, what do you call it, um, pruning, like in a plant. Where the plant is cut, that's where the sap flows, and that's where the fruit is born. You know, a brother just told me just two days ago. He said, "I, did, I went to a vineyard, a vineyard, and I didn't realize the the the, the 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 people there told me that at a certain point." He said, "The fruit, this the bunch of grapes." Um. Um. How, how did he put it? He said, okay, this is what he said. He said uh, the vine dresser would uh, cut the vine tree. I mean, like, seriously cut the vine tree until it's kind of like nothing left. Do you know this? Like like there's nothing left? And he says, oftentimes they just cut in a certain spot where there's only... Seven or six or seven leaves left. Six or seven leaves left. And all it takes is for this six or seven leaves for the grapes to come out. And the reason for cutting off a lot of other leaves and a lot of other you know, whatever is because they want to direct all the supply, all the sap to those points to those places where they want fruit. Otherwise, otherwise, all this green and lot of leaves and this beautiful vine tree is just sapping away, it's just sucking away all the necessary nutrients that is needed to bear the fruit. And I think we have a song here, the story of the um, Uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the grapevine, the most famous hymn written co writ co-author by Watchman Lee and Witness Lee, and one of the last hymns that we know that they uh, that was put out, and you have got to even tonight go and find this. I think it's number six thirty-five or something. Okay, you can go find it. Oh, I, I, want you to, if you don't can't sing it, that's fine. Read it. Read it. I mean, it went through the whole, the seasonal story of a grapevine, uh, going through, through summer, going through winter, going through the pruning, and then bearing fruit, and those fruit fruit is squeezed, and, and so that, there could be wine produced to cheer man, Um Oh, I tell you, I love that that hymn. I love to sing that hymn. That story of the grapevine is what I'm talking about. When you don't die, that means you will not allow the Lord to prune. You will not allow the Lord to cut. And the more the Lord could not cut or prune, the more there's all kinds of what? energy in you wasted on all manners of things when the Lord wants you to focus your energy just to bear fruit and give life. And give life, sisters. But you refuse to be pruned. You refuse to be cut. You refuse to be in the place of death. I know this is a hard word to give. You know, if I'm a motivational speaker here, I won't be talking like this because it's rather depressing in a way. But to me, it is absolutely not, not, not depressing. This is, dear sisters, the way of life, the way of resurrection. And that is the only way in God's economy that will bear fruit, that will bring forth Christ, that will minister grace, that will build up, that will edify the saints and build up the church. Sisters, that's what it means to stand at the foot of the cross. Furthermore, I better go on. This uh, We need to do something that makes the burial of the Lord Jesus so sweet, it must be that whenever you mention the name of the Lord Jesus, people can sense something so sweet. Well, you know the people out there, they curse with the name of Jesus. Right? You heard them, right? Is that sweet or what? It's the same same word. J E S U S. It's pronounced the same but when they curse it, is there any sweetness there? No. But I'm afraid with us, we don't curse that name. But we may say that name, but there's not much sweetness there. How sweet is that name to others in their ear? Depends on what? Depends on us. When Whether there's something broken there. When there's something consecrated to the Lord. When something is there for the Lord's burial, you just, my goodness, when you mention the Lord Jesus, there's just sweetness. There is sweetness. It's not the word. It's the reality. It's you that comes forth. Moreover, the sisters must discover something of the resurrection and be first to know the Lord's ascension. Mary saw the empty tomb and went to tell Peter. She did not teach Peter, but she passed on the revelation. Uh, I like that word from, uh, from uh, Mary Magdalene. What did she say? She said... Um, She said this after she uh, saw the Lord at the tomb. Um, what did what did she say? Okay, here we go. She said, "Mary Magdalene came to the brothers, announcing to the disciples." You see, this is what she said: "I have seen the Lord." Five words. Not a. Hour-long message like mine. Five words from a sister. and That's all it took. I have seen the Lord. She made a grand discovery that no human being had. And that is, Christ is risen. She saw that. She didn't study that. She contacted the living Christ, the living person of the resurrected Christ. And so she, that touch, that witness, she just had to go everywhere and talk about it, much like that immoral woman in John 4. After she drank the living water, right, she just threw away her bucket and ran straight into the city and tell all the men, you know, she was not a, you know, a good lady, right? And it was at noontime, that's why she was by herself, because she did not want to be seen. But she just ran straight into the city, and the whole city came out. Sisters, it's not about what you know, it's about who you have seen. Have you seen him, heard him, known him? Is not thine a captured heart? There's a song in our hymn. It's the seeing of him that that is convincing. Sisters, That uh, young sisters testify he could not speak, he couldn't be a brother. But let me tell you, brothers can speak, but they have not seen. You cannot speak, but you have seen. And there's no denying of seeing. I can reject a message, but I cannot deny a witness who have seen the real thing. So, dear, dear sisters, see the resurrected Lord. Every morning you're with him. This time, that time you spend with the Lord. I tell you, you are seeing him and you tell others, you pass on that revelation in the meetings and and here and there. In the church, we do not need sisters to teach, but we do need the sisters to see the revelation and to discover some of the things related to the Lord's resurrection life. You may... Say, you may testify. Saints, this week I faced something that is just impossible to face. I didn't know what to do. I was crushed. It was impossible. It's beyond me. I thought I would die. But I want to testify to you all about the Lord's resurrection. It was not me. It was not me. But one day, I touch him as the resurrected one. And that resurrection life, that resurrection life brought me through. Brought me into a new place, a different place. You see, this kind of experiences is what nourishes the church and builds up the church. In Acts, there were no sisters taking the lead in the church, but they were praying. When the twelve were praying for ten days before the time of Pentecost, the sisters also were there. In Acts 12, the prayer meeting was even in the sisters' home, John Mark's mother Mary. All the sisters in the church have to learn to pray. If you see a problem, do not talk about it and do not gossip about it. Pray. If you expect your local church to be strong, you must be praying, sisters. Now, I'm not here to kind of lay a heavy burden of prayer on you. That's not my, 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 my goal. But I must say something, dear sisters. Your very, very important ministry, even though a hidden one, is the ministry of prayer. And Satan knows. Satan would turn the mouth that is made for prayer into a gossiping mouth, into a mouth that passes on rumors, into a critical mouth, rather than a mouth of prayer. Dear saints, it is not, this is very, very real. You know, one burden I have in my heart for proper sisters to be raised up in the church life is right here. That is, we need more prayer. Oh, we need more prayer. And we need more sisters to learn to pray It's so easy when you hear something and things go around and you would right away make judgments on that. You would make comments on that. You would pass on the word on the phone uh, as a kind of gossip, uh, spread some kind of rumor. And you don't know how much those things kill the church. They really kill the church. They poke holes in the uh, hull of the church ship to cause it to take on water, to sink. Really, really. Even a pin-sized hole eventually will cause the ship to sink. Sisters, if you have the Lord's grace and you have learned some lessons, you would Control your need, I, may I even use the word lust, to talk and gossip. I know it's not easy, but you have to. If you have a burden, you hurt something disturbing, you hear about a problem. Rather than immediately passing it on and talk about it, immediately you bring it to the Lord In prayer. You know what you're doing? You're plugging the hole rather than widening it and make it even bigger by your gossip. Not easy, sisters, but we need sisters to pray. Uh, Over the years, the good, healthy tradition among some of the senior sisters is that they come together to pray, even under the auspices of the church. Actually, every church, there should be church sanction, church appointed prayers of sisters. Now the sisters, you should come together organically to pray anytime you want, if you have a burden. But it would be good for every church there is a time when the sisters of the church would come together simply to pray. And sisters, because you are of finer disposition, you are more thorough, you can pray also more thoroughly. There's a line here that is in the excerpts that you will read, ministry excerpt, that is not here in the outline. Brother Lee said this. He said, you would pray so much that even after your prayer is answered, you will still keep on praying. My, my. You don't stop because prayer is answered. You keep on praying. My, I tell you how much prayer you would pile before the throne. How much prayer will ascend to the throne. How much of the Lord's will will be done as a result. Not even bare minimum prayer, but even excessive prayer. And we will, all this will be covered in later lessons. H, Romans 16 mentions so many laboring and ministering sisters, the first of whom is Phoebe. Phoebe was a deaconess in the church in Sancria. We need many sisters who will minister in the churches, serving to such an extent they are called deaconesses. You don't need someone to pin a thing on you, say Deaconess Mary, you know. I'm Deaconess Mary. No need, no need. You minister and serve so much. You become a patron of the saints. In other words, you meet their needs all manners of needs. You don't need a you don't need need a need a thing here. You 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 are a deaconess by your function. And oh how many deaconesses we need in the churches today. By putting all these verses together we can see that there's no hint that a position was assigned to the sisters to take the lead no such thing, to do a great work, no such thing, or to teach, no such thing. There was no such position assigned to sisters. Rather, how about we read this together, sisters? The sisters should bring the Lord Jesus to people by the principle of incarnation, love him, follow him, minister to him, experience his death, Make him so sweet and lovely to all the people. See his resurrected life. Know the ascension. And then in the church, always bear the burden of prayer and labor. Wow, a tall order for the sisters. But dear ones, don't uh, don't feel uh, pressured. Don't feel crushed by this kind of word. I would just simply say, just hear it, absorb it, um, and simply just bring it to the Lord. You don't need to go to the Lord and make this and this and this and that decision. Just bring it to the Lord in prayer in a a serious way. And don't just have one time of prayer. Just over time in these days, in the beginning of this new year, this is the best time. And bring this matter to the Lord, even item by item, and let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord supply you. Let the Lord further inspire you. Trust me, the Lord is faithful. And in time, he will bring these things to pass in your life according to your prayer, according to your prayer. I don't look to uh, uh, the Lord that, you know, tomorrow or next week or something, whoa, 500, 600 sisters are just jumping up and down and like that. I don't. But I do look to the Lord in the coming years, months and years. Here in Lower Mainland and other places, the Lord will raise up a generation of sisters, a new generation of sisters that are like this. What a blessing that will be. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, I think this is good enough for me. You know, I'm thinking, brothers, rather than for just a few sisters to come out to speak, to give all the sisters a chance to speak speak to each other. So maybe what we should do when I'm done here, you just stand up. Don't leave yet. We, we, this meeting ends at 9, huh? Okay. That's. We gave you the food. You stay here till 9. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, just with uh, three or four or five, whatever, just in your area, you just even... Overflow something of what touched you tonight. And, and talk to one another about it, okay? Uh, and then we'll do this for maybe uh, uh, five minutes or something like that. And then maybe we can have some, some sharing and overflow. I'm so happy to see all of you. So, so happy. What a, what a delight and what a, what a sweet surprise. So many sisters have the heart to be here Uh, Okay, all right, you can just stand now, and you don't need to whisper, you can speak loudly, Just, just overflow.